It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Evolving Leaders, the show that takes your dreams and passions from unmanageable to achievable. Every week, our panel of experts brings together visionary influencers from around the globe to help you become extraordinary in your business and personal life and expand global change. Put on your seatbelts and get ready to set the world on fire. Welcome, everyone. It's the Evolving Leaders Show. It's great to have you here. My name is Pam Bain, and I am your host uh, for the moment. And I'm an entrepreneur and an investor, and I get to welcome our wonderful guest, Pam Thompson. Hi, Pam. How are you? Hi there, Pam. Great to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Good. And Kara, we have Kara Derringer. Uh, and just so you know, we have, uh, uh, we, we have a very good um, West Coast reference because most of the guests and myself are on this side of the country. So hi, Kara. How are you? Hello. Fantastic. Thank you. Great that you're joining us today. Uh, today and today we're going to talk about balanced and mindful leadership. Uh, but before we get to that very hot topic, I'd love to introduce my spectacular co-host and colleague, and our resident business expert, Tina Dietz. She's also the founder of Star Something Movement, a mission to, sorry, she's on a mission to ignite 10,000 thriving businesses. Hey, Tina. Hey, Pam. It's such a big mission, you can't even talk about it. I know. I stumbled over the, it was the igniting <laughs> thing. It's going to burst into flame any second. Any minute. <laughs> Uh, well, I know Tina's taking the world uh, uh, by fire, so, you know, it'll, it's happening. Um, anyway, every week we take turns sharing a piece of news uh, from our areas of expertise, and I also should mention our two other hosts, um, our relationship host uh, expert, who is uh, Tamara Green. Is, Tamara. Is, well, you, Tamara. <laughs> Good thing you're here and correcting me because I'm off the rails. Um, anyway, she she'll be on another show. So will Jill Fisher, who's our uh, hypnotherapy uh, expert. And now on to our no holds barred round robin discussion with Tina. So, what news in the business world or leadership have you got for us? Well, there is an awful lot happening right now. Um, and since uh, you know, I am a crusader. I've got my flaming sword here, right next to my <laughs> cup of water. Uh, it's it's a must. An absolute must, and, <laughs> uh, and I know that um, our two guests today, uh, uh, Pamela Thompson and Carrot Derringer, um, are folks who have worked a lot in the world of um, solving problems that really transcend our own personal issues and transcend our um, 
kind of local, you know, individual kind of things. They 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 work on the on a regional and global scale solving problems. So I thought that um, since I've got my flaming sword out to, to crusading to help the world here, and they're helping the world here, why don't we have a conversation about if we were in charge, what would we do to uh, fix uh, some of the problems that were going on here? So uh, <laughs> now uh, and, uh, there's a few things, and we also have an international representation here, as you mentioned, Pam. We've got mm-hmm. uh, you and Kara and Pam uh, and Pamela are all on the west coast of. Canada. I am on the east coast of uh, the U.S. So if you drew a diagonal line, we probably we <laughs> cut the entire North America in half uh, on a diagonal right now. So uh, what I'd actually like to turn it over to some of you guys. Pam, you give us a start. Like if you could change uh, one major thing about what's happening in the world right now, uh, be it um, some of the racial violence that's going on, um, the, some of the uh, election strife, the things that are happening with refugees, the out-of-control rates of uh, child and um, mortality that are happening. I know these are all heavy topics, but you mm-hmm. know, um, if you could kind of wave a wand and pick one to impact, what, what would be your, your pick? Well, actually, it would be around the politicians because we're having an election in Canada here in, in just a little over uh, four weeks. And I know that because you, you you almost have like a two year thing to get elected in the state. Oh, it's horrifying! It's it's it is. Yeah. We, we have like six eight weeks, and, and it's horrifying up here. Uh, my thing would be that a politician can't take a make a statement. My wand is waved. They can't make a statement unless they could actually prove and put into action within six months of getting into office. Because otherwise, it's a lot of talk. And why? Yeah, that would be nice too. I just want to get it to the point here where, where in the U.S. there's only a couple of months instead of this oh endless, endless campaigning. It's like it's like watching a bunch of uh, like I don't know orangutans just like ooh, 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 well constantly all over the place. And, and if you Terrible. took all the money they put into advertising and all the things around it for those two years and put it into uh, helping the homeless get homes or putting it into other, you know, community things. Amazing. What what would change in the world? A lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I know this is a crazy wide open topic, uh, but uh, Kara or uh, Pamela, would you like to jump in and, and wave, uh, wave your flaving sword or, or wand over some of the world's problems? Further to the building on what Pam said, the other Pam, um, I, if I had, could wave a magic wand, I would have governments around the world choose to take all the money they're currently putting into defense and instead put it into health and education. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. That's beautiful. I, and I couldn't agree more. I've noticed that uh, countries that um, tend to focus more on education and infrastructure um, tend to have a a populace that is on the upward rise, um, yep. for sure. I've just been living in Costa Rica for the last two years off and on, and uh, they don't have a standing military at all. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that they don't have guns or weapons in the country. It's not that the people aren't ready to defend themselves, but it's simply that they don't have a military. Uh, and what's fascinating about that is that um, 
they've kind of developed a force of, of lawyers to litigate. <laughs> <They're going laughs> out of, um, uh, you know, national conflict that's kind of fascinating about, uh, you know, how, how that, how that happens, but it's, um, pouring their infrastructure and uh, pouring their money into infrastructure and education is uh, really paid off in terms of having a populace that is um, some of the healthiest and happiest in, you know, that hemisphere for sure. Uh, Carol, what about you? What are some of your thoughts? For, for me, it's um, really supporting business leaders to foster their people. So, um, you know, there's, there's lots of emphasis in businesses and organizations around the world uh, in terms of having subject matter experts in the businesses. And really what we need is organizations of leaders. So uh, really promoting personal and professional development within people's professional lives. And what do you, impact do you foresee that making on the, on the larger scope of things? Mhm. Well, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, people in organizations deal with they deal with clients, they deal with within their organizations, and when we have leaders within organizations, we also create giving organizations. So, you know, for instance, uh, thinking outside of the box, and you know, organizations who have traditionally retained profits. You know, I think we'd really start to see a shift in charity donations and funding towards some of these international projects and changes that that we're all looking for. So more um, private monies rather than public monies going into uh, what we we would normally think of as humanitarian projects. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that? Um, in terms of leadership of, of organizations, large organizations, and I'll ask the rest of you to chime in on this as well, do you think that there is an obligation by business leaders to, uh, to give back to, this, to the communities, to the society that they're uh, operating in, you know, inside of? I, I totally believe that. Let's chime in here, Pam. Um, the other pan. Yeah, I totally believe and feel that the world is now changing. I would hope from one of greed and accumulation, the accumulation of wealth, to one of more um, thinking of ourselves as interconnected. And um, I believe, in terms of systems theory, that. When one person does something in one part of the world, similarly the butterfly flapping the wings in one side of the world affects somebody on the other side. And mm-hmm. building on what Kara said about giving, I believe that it, the, the onus is on business leaders to give back. Um, they make a lot of money, and um, I believe that corporate so- social responsibility is, is not just a word, but it should also be lived. And I think that there are certainly organizations, I won't name any right now, that are excellent models um, that are giving back by encouraging and supporting their staff to um, uh, assist with community events, assist with have projects, and give them time off, not expect them to do it on their own time. Um, so it's not only about the money, it's also contributing to the communities that they're in. Well said. 
Well said. I think that's that's articulated extremely well. Um, and it's only going to uh, make a difference in them having successful businesses. I think that's often lost in the sauce with some of these mm-hmm. uh, large corporations focusing on um, shareholder dividends rather than the development of their people, their staff, uh, and the community, um, you know, cause really, because what's going to be left? Well, you know, mm-hmm. we call it the done. currency, yeah, the currency of community goodwill. Right? Mm. That mm-hmm. that is such a powerful force for a lot of corporations because people vote with their feet. If they don't like you're doing something, like if there's it comes out through social media that you've got unfair practices or something, they will go to somewhere else. Yes, and I think that's uh, um, I can't remember the name of the company that was called, but it was a credit card processing company um, in the last year where the CEO decided to take his salary and instead of and make his salary more like his um, his employees' salaries, so that everyone in the company was was making a good living and kind of even things mm-hmm. out almost kind of across the board, and uh, they got a huge influx of business such that their systems actually broke down and they they end up having to create and really scramble to expand their company very quickly so i you know certainly here in north america there is a hunger and a desire to work with companies that um foster uh social consciousness and um equity uh in their in mm-hmm. employees and in, in the communities for sure for sure. Anyone have a little final final thoughts or any uh, any more uh, sparkles or wands I'd like to wave around the world? Topics? I'm thinking near and dear to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina, you know my big one. If we could wave a ma- magic wand and end all conflicts and have peace and people promoting understanding amongst and between themselves rather than fighting and supporting conflicts, that would be amazing. It absolutely would. And I'm so glad that you and Kara are both on the show today together because you're both so invested in creating peace in the world and and, and mobilizing um, people and their resources and their creativity and their desire for uh, to leave a legacy and have a, a better world. Uh, in the work that that both of you are doing, so I'm looking forward to uh, interviewing the interviews with both of you um, a little in a few minutes here on the show today. Thanks. Yeah, very cool. Well, um, before we get to that, uh, I wanted to bring everyone's attention to the music for our show. Did you like the theme music? Because it was created by David Dashinger of ddmusic.com. David is a Grammy-nominated composer whose music has been heard by over 1 billion viewers on TV shows like the Super Bowl, the Masters, NCAA March Madness, CBS News, and the NFL. Studies show that you only have about seven seconds to grab someone's attention, and that message with music inspires and motivates people to listen to the very end of what you have to say when you have a business, a product that you are looking to get out into the right minds for your business. So to elevate your media to the next level, to supercharge the equality of your videos and audios, and to upgrade your branding, 
you'll want original music that's aligned to your message at ddmusic.com. David creates music that reaches people's souls. And if you are a solo business owner out there in listener land, you know who you are. Are you out there Hello. making it all on your own? <laughs> sometimes you feel you know, isolated or you're not quite sure if the people around you, sometimes especially our families, you know, you might be feeling a little bit like you're speaking another language. I invite mm-hmm. you to come and join the Super Starter Tribe over at the Start Something Show, where we are on a mission to ignite 10,000 thriving businesses. You can catch our fun and informative weekly show, get tools and resources to help you thrive and be a super starter. You don't need a cape. You don't need any special weaponry or a flaming sword like mine. You just be you. Just be you. So start something now and go to www.thestartsomethingshow.com and join for free. That's www.thestartsomethingshow. We'll see you over there. Oh, well, Pam, who what if I want my today? cape? Yeah, what if I want my you cape? You can have though? a cape if you want to. Okay. You can have a cape if you want to. I'm putting on my mental cape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> enough silliness. Well, okay, maybe not enough. Um, I'm excited to introduce our first guest, uh, Pam Thompson. Pam is a uh, certified life and business coach, speaker, author, entrepreneur, facilitator, and international consultant. She's passionate about supporting driven women to thrive in life and in business. And I want to say congrats to Pam. You had your first book published this year, uh, uh, Learning to Dance with Life, a guide to high, uh, sorry, a guide for high achieving women. And it became a bestseller as soon as it was available. So congrats to you. Um, and just so that the listeners know, uh, the book highlights the seven keys to cons- consciously cultivating improved health, happiness, fulfillment, and inner peace in your life. Now, in addition, Way to go, Pam. To, you know, yay! Thank you. Uh, I I'm so excited when I saw that. <laughs> I have my copy. Um, anyway, in addition to helping ambitious women experience more fun, reconnect with their passions, work smart, and stay healthy. Pam is deeply committed to assisting groups and organizations about balanced and mindful leadership. And as you heard before, she's passionate about there being non-conflict in the world. Really, we should be beyond that, in my opinion, too. Uh, She also works with organizations to help them create cultures that embody and support work-life balance. And uh, uh, you can find out more about her from creativelivingcommunity.com. And Pam, thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you, Pam. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So tell me, you well, you deal with organizations as well as individuals. Um, and as we said before, there's so much coming at us in the news, elections constantly. What is the number one key thing that people can do to work on finding balance in their life? Whoa. The number one key thing that they can do. Okay, you can make it three things if one is enough. <laughs> I'll let you yeah, off the hook. Make me really think here, Pam. Okay, three, thank uh, you. Well, certainly one of the things about finding balance is getting really clear on what your top five, five core values are. And because when you live those then and you live a life in alignment with them, You feel at ease. You feel peaceful. The other thing that I would add is to find something that 
balance it, that grounds you, something that really helps you be rather than do all the time because our society mm-hmm. is so fed up. And so for me, that's doing yoga three to four times a week. That's taking walks in nature when I feel like I'm really tired of sitting in my, <laughs> at my desk. And <laughs> I, I have the flexibility to, to go to nature. Um, yeah, that's that's really taking some time to be and taking some time and space for yourself. Um, when we're so sped up, we often do, do, do all the time. So this is about being. And the other thing is, I would say, is to give to yourself self-nurturing. Certainly the many wim- the women that I work with, and certainly applies to men as well, though my practice focuses when I work in coaching, focuses on women, so many of us driven women and ambitious women give to everyone else other than ourselves. We put ourselves on the bottom of the list, and we find it hard to reach out to others. So, but, and we really need to start reaching out more, setting better boundaries, and giving to ourselves, finding things, doing at least one thing every day to nurture ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most powerful things I've learned um, over the, I don't know how, how long ago it was, <laughs> it's been a while ago, was to positively say no. Whether it's in a work situation or, or you know community event where I was assisting, where I knew I'm at that point where it was they were asking me for one thing too many that if I did it, everything else would collapse. So it's finding that point of that powerful no is the way I think of it. Um, so that's talking about individuals, what individuals uh, can do. Uh, I'd also like to talk to you because you work with organisations. For someone who's listening and say their corporate culture isn't what they want. What are some things that they can take on, either implementing or researching, to take their organization to a healthy situation for that work-life balance? That's an excellent question. Of course, that's easier to do if you're higher higher up the chain, so to speak, in an organization. If you're uh, on the senior management team, a C-suite person or a CEO, you have more power than someone, obviously, um, in terms of the organizational culture than someone down below. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but in terms mm-hmm. of the corporation. Um, so I'll start with that. The leaders in either CEOs or um, it could be in someone else's company or in their own business. Um, one of them is, first of all, understanding the importance of work-life balance and modeling that for others. So, for example... A lot of leaders and people who form their organizations as well, we juggle a lot of balls. And if we constantly work 70-plus hours a week on evenings and weekends and we model that behavior for others, then we're not going to help others create work-life balance. However, if we create an organizational culture that embodies and supports work-life balance, it would be have things like, making it clear and having policies that people are not expected to check emails on their weekends and evenings, for example, um, that they take their vacation. It's very interesting because some governments are now um, making laws about this. The the German government recently voted on, because a a high-level manager committed suicide because he was so stressed out from working all the time, and they decided wow. to you know, say, you have to take vacations. The Japanese, several years ago, um, nationally, 
um, instituted some some policies that said that you had to you had your employees have to take vacation because something like 48.8% of people were not taking vacations. And mm -hmm. as a result, people were really um, getting stressed out, not only emotionally but physically, because that's what happens. We get really ill. There's a lot of things that happen, cancer, autoimmune disorders, burnout, fatigue, all sorts of things happen. So if, we, if you um, make it clear that, in, in fact, the Japanese actually have a word that, that's called death by overwork. So oh. it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting to know this. So, as an organizational leader, um, creating a culture and then modeling that yourself. Obviously, when you're a leader, you may need to do stuff after hours. But when you're you're working, and and when you when you you're hiring people, it's it's incumbent upon you to set those boundaries for people and encouraging them to take their, make sure they take their vacations, ensure that they're, if they're feeling stressed, that they have some place to go, EAP programs, for example. Um, setting up mentorship programs so people don't feel they're kind of alone in the world. Um, things like having, some places have actually yoga classes or they invite people to have videos and do Pilates and yoga and have a a room where people can do these at lunchtime, having a space for meditation, having a garden where people can go and just take a few minutes from, from time to time. These are things that people can do. And the other thing I actually have designed a process, because I'm also a facilitator, is that I can work with organizations to help them create a vision of what work-life balance will look and feel like for them, because that's a very personal thing what work-life balance looks and feels like for me, Pam, would be different from what it looks and feels like for you. So when mm -hmm. I work with individuals and also organizations, that's another thing to go through a process. And certainly there are things that you can share based on models out there. But these are a few ideas. So understanding the importance of work-life balance and modeling that for others. I believe rewarding teams rather than individuals for their performance is really important because then you're not promoting individual competition. You're rather encouraging and supporting collaboration. And as you, you folks kicked off the show and Tina was talking about these global problems, what we know to be true from the organizational development literature is that when, when um, issues are really complex, we need more than one head around them to solve them. So we need mm -hmm. people both in the organizations and between organizations, so inter as well as intra organizational collaboration to happen when we have things like climate change and conflict and all these things. It's, it's not the world it used to be. So that kind of thing is, is also related. And I believe inspiring and supporting others to be the best that they can be is also part of that balanced leadership piece. Fabulous. Wow. Where were you years ago when I needed someone? Um, because <laughs> I, you talked about the accurate holidays the last time I had a... Like I work for myself now, but when I worked for someone else, when I left that job, or I should say when I was asked to leave, uh, <laughs> as was said before, entrepreneurs don't make greater employees, uh, is that I had six and a half weeks of holiday due me, and I can't remember how many hours, I think it worked out another couple of hours, well, it was a couple of weeks worth of uh, overtime. So I had like two months of paid vacation <laughs> because I'd worked so much and not taken time. Probably why I was stressed. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more because we mentioned your wonderful, successful book. 
um, learning to dance with life. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, well, as you mentioned at the outset, it has seven keys to what I call creative living, seven Mm -hmm. keys to consciously cultivating improved health, happiness, fulfillment, and inner peace in your life. And when you integrate these keys and the powerful practices threaded throughout the book into your life, you will indeed experience improved health, happiness, fulfillment, and inner peace. And how that links to organizations and leadership is that one of the keys is listen to and trust in your body's wisdom. And I don't know about you, Pam, but certainly in my life, the, the um, decisions that I've made from, from to- solely my left brain, logical left brain, and my pros mm-hmm. and cons have not always been the right ones for me, but the ones I've made from listening to my heart and the, my gut have always been the right ones. And so mm-hmm. part of what I teach my, my clients or I coach my clients is to reconnect with their bodies. Certainly we need our minds, don't, you know, but I believe that it's really important. Our bodies always know the truth, so I teach people things like walking meditation, body scanning, and also decision-making processes so that they reconnect with their bodies. And for me, I believe that leadership is an art as well as a science, and this is part of the art piece, is as a leader you need to use your intuition as well as your head, your mind. So... That's one thing. The other one that cuts across both organizational leadership, if you will, or, or balanced and mindful leadership in individuals is a key called tap into and express your creative side. Okay, and, and just so you know, you have like 20 seconds to, to okay. complete that thought. No worries. Okay, and that's basically prov- you, we need space to innovate, whether it be as an individual or an organization. So creating space to reconnect with those things those those fun things you did as a kid or the things you always wanted to do. Okay, cool. Um, I always wanted to be a vet. I don't think I'm going to invest the time in that, but I maybe get a pet. Um, so <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you, um, uh, Pam, for that. It's great. And uh, for people who want to learn a little bit more about what she's created, you can go to creativelivingcommunity.com, and we'll have these links posted on the website after the show, so you'll be able to catch up with uh, Pam Thompson afterwards. So Tina, really, I don't know if your really thought is still... F- Sorry? Yeah, that's a really, really good book. I, I love Pamela's <laughs> book. It was great. Yeah, Thank you excellent. so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Tina, I wanted to check in, is your sword still flaming? It is, and I'm about to, to wave it around and talk about uh, Tamara Green because my colleague and friend and a fellow co-host, Tamara Green has been dubbed by Elle magazine as the soul-centered love expert. And she has inspired hundreds of women to meet and marry their soulmates and to heal their relationships, all while falling madly in love with themselves in the process. Tamara didn't marry her soulmate until she was 36, so she knows how it feels to be single and alone. And she realized the internal changes she needed to make in order to attract her soulmate right into her life. And she will teach these pearls of wisdom to you, too. Tamara is trained as a love mentor. and She's an individual and couple psychotherapist, meditation facilitator, and a hypnotherapist. Her coaching is highly effective because she's combining her many years of professional training with her gifts as an energy healer and intuitive. As a result, Tamara creates an exciting catalyst 
for deep emotional healing. She's devoted her life to helping women rise up out of the pain and fear that they operate from and into the long-lasting, loving relationship of their dreams. So go to TamaraGreen.me and get a complimentary guidance session from her for from her today. She is absolutely brilliant and she instantly makes you feel like you are one in a million so that you believe it too. So and now I get to talk to another one in a million, Kara Derringer, who is the author of Chill, Creating Happiness in Life and Love, which hits the bookshelves on October twenty sixth. Kara is also the founder of the People for People Conference and is the president of the Edmonton Holistic Chamber of Commerce. Through her work with conflict management and resolution in both the public and private sectors as a mediator, college educator, and coach, Kara has been fulfilling her passionate commitment that people have peace in their lives. You can find out more and work with Kara. Uh, You can also find out about the conference at peopleforpeople.ca. And Kara's website is karaderinger.com. And remember, you can always get those links on our website. Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to talk with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the perfect absolutely. day to have this conversation. It totally is. There's just a lot going on. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, let's start with, with um, uh, the fun stuff, because you must be very excited about your book launch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a very exciting time. Yeah. And it's a lot to take on too. Cause I, every author I've ever spoken with, and that's quite a few, <laughs> there's a kind of an <laughs> origin story and a reason that sparked the book. So what, what made you want to take the leap and, and write about this particular topic? Because it's no light undertaking to write and publish a book. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, years ago, I was I was married, and my husband at the time and I both worked full time. We had great jobs. Uh, we had a beautiful home. We had two beautiful children. We still have two beautiful children. Um, and you know, we had a nanny. We had great friends, uh, amazing families. And I looked around at my life, and I I wasn't happy. And I really needed to take a good look at who I was being in life. Um, you know, one of the pieces was the relationship uh, with my partner. And, and I, I just began this journey of transforming my life in all areas, um, you know, as a mom, in my career, my business, um, in my relationships, and really just took on one area of life at a time. And so chill creating happiness and life and love is there's a lot of personal sharing in it around my journey to transform my life so that you know so that I, I've found more certainly more inner peace and and peace in my life beautiful that's really excellent and and this goes towards your bigger mission of wanting people to have this this peaceful life one way you're working on that yes yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's um, there's women who I find just mom friends who come up to me in the playground and just start sharing vulnerably. And uh, it's really about creating a space to have those conversations for people to share things that they're really dealing with. And 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 absolutely, my mission is to support people in in making 
not only coming to awareness, some new awareness, but making some new choices so that they're, they're not at the effect of circumstances or their past choices, but they're really creating what they're looking for in their life and their, their world. And that's different for every person. That's very true. You've worked with quite a variety of people and organizations in both the private and public sectors around this topic of conflict resolution and dealing with conflict. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you have a deep specialty in that area. What mistakes do you see leaders making when it comes to dealing with conflict? Mm, good question. Yeah, the mistakes leaders make is... Um, hmm. What's first coming to mind is that it's personal, that uh, that we often think, both professionally and personally, that the things that other people do have something to do with us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, that they're all, or that they're all about us. <laughs> and, um, you know, just in mediating in family situations, in workplace situations, of course, there's always two sides to the story. And so often each person has such an independent story. And in so few places do those stories intertwine. So it's really critical for people to be curious. I mean, we hear that word, be curious, listen, empathize. But to, to know it and to say it is one thing and to really do it and step into it and step into another person's world. And just be curious about, you know, the reasons they're making the choices that they are is it's really a it's really an art. It is. I, I would completely agree with that. It's like a dance. Mm-hmm. You know, between you know, inside of inside of that inside of the conflict where you can get your point across and at the same time be able to listen and take in what the other person is trying to impart as well. Mhm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, now, and how is um, this conference that you've created? Now, it's been around for about six years now. Is that it? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, we're going yeah. into our sixth year. Yeah, and and it's a heavy leadership topic. It's definitely a leadership topic that you're covering at the the People for People conference. What was the genesis of starting a conference? Because again, this that's a major undertaking you know my my background i started going to trade shows with my parents when i was about six years old and grew up inside of a lot of conferences and a lot of these trade shows and um that there's so many moving parts to to doing something mm-hmm. like that what what do you what kind of impact are you looking to have in the people uh, by providing this people for people conference Hmm. thanks yeah and six years in a row for an event is an accomplishment absolutely yes. And and this event happens year after year because of the smiles on people's faces as they leave at the end of the event. So, you know, I I began it when I uh, when my young, my youngest my daughter was a baby and I I literally was opening the conference on the first day with her in my arms <laughs> and every. <laughs> And for the first number of years, I actually did um, almost all of the planning and the logistics for the event on my own, despite having young children. And and like you said, the reason, uh, the raison d'etre for the conference is really, really to make a difference that there's so many people in our professional community who, you know, who take uh, 
you know, whether they get through high school or under an undergraduate degree or a graduate degree, and they're looking around for qu- deep quality professional development experiences. And, you know, in any community, whether it's our city or another city, we have the capacity to create that for people right in our own backyard. So it's really about making a difference and, and fostering that personal and professional development for people locally. Now, you had mentioned earlier in the show that you had some very strong feelings about the value and the necessity for strong personal and professional development inside of companies, like that being part of a company culture is, I think, where you were heading with that. And um, by provide, what do you um, – why? Why? Why is that such an important place to focus for le- for for leadership development or for the development of uh, um, for people to have, you know, what they want in terms of uh, peace and satisfaction and you know all these things how they tie together. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we're all learning and growing. <laughs> you know, they have the truth. Laugh yeah. up. <laughs> laugh at myself, uh, try to laugh at myself every day about how imperfect I am. And, you know, as as a mom and a parent, I am so um, in tune with giving my kids everything I possibly can in terms of their learning and their growth, you know, whether it be in school or activities or, you know, friends, in, in all areas of their development. And, and I don't know, there's almost this... Um, this idea in our society and our culture that once we're, you know, 18 or 20 or whatever the magic number is that we've, we've figured it out or we've, you know, we have our degree. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We've gotten out of school. We don't have to want to do it anymore. We don't want any homework. Yeah. Yeah. We're free now. It's off our shoulders. (laughs) So, um, so absolutely, that ongoing um, learning and development is critical, um, you know, and there's, there's so many different avenues in this day and age for that. Um, you know, like Pam said, she, yoga is, is a huge outlet for her. I mean, in terms of activities or learning opportunities, books, uh, you know, seminars, there's so many ways to learn and grow, and I think it's... I think it's so critical that we that we all focus on that commitment. Well, what do you think are some some critical skills that you'd love to make sure that uh, or you think are most important for for people to have? Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest one um, is emotional intelligence, and mm. and that's really a buzzword. <laughs> It is, and but a it's a great word, topic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, buzzword, a buzz, a buzz concept. And so in Chill, um, you know, there's a chapter around getting off the emotional elephant. And I talk about how it's so important for us to take accountability for our own emotions, certainly to acknowledge them. And what gets us so caught up in emotions is the emotional story that we create around, around whatever's happening. And so emotions actually last for a second, yet we have it like our emotions last for hours or days or weeks or years. And, they, and the emotions and the emotional story that go along with it can really be debilitating in terms of our ability to just 
be with what really is in life. We're, we're captured in a story and a fantasy around, you know, around our interpretation, what something means, what we think it should be or could be. And, uh, and it, it separates us from what's really going on and what's possible. That's, I love that. I love that concept. And I love the whole idea of the emotional elephant in the room. That's a, that's really mm-hmm. a riot. That, yeah, so you're, you're right. It, the emotions and feelings are just that. They're feelings, they're body sensations that we then attach thoughts and meanings to. And then we look at them and go, I'm having an emotion. Look at my emotion. <laughs> let's analyze yeah. the emotion. Let's reinforce yeah. it. Let's let's nurture yeah. it some more. Let's, you know, instead of just mm. allowing it to pass through us, and move through us as a sensation. It's it's like we you know like you said you build all of this around it until you're writing it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my mighty said, my mighty steed of righteousness, you know, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying that with your flaming sword. sword. Yeah, exactly. You like you took the words out <laughs> Well, and you know, and then I'm going to find a bunch of a bunch of friends and enroll them in my emotion and the story I've created around it. And and I'm going to build it up even more. Did you see this elephant? Look at this elephant. <laughs> I think I'm going to paint it purple. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Kara, I love this. and I, I love what you're bringing to the table. And uh, I'm very excited to, to know that this conference is around because I think it's incredibly unique and the, your lineup of speakers is quite incredible. I was I was leafing through the website. Mm. I was going, this is great. Look at these, you know, so some really amazing people there. And so excited uh, for your book release um, here as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we just have a, a couple of seconds here. So I'm just going to remind everyone that you can check out the People for People conference at peopleforpeople.ca, and uh, you can also uh, connect with Kara at karaderinger.com, of course, and all those links, of course, are found on our website as well. So, Pam, I'm going to hand it over to you for a awesome, moment. Awesome, thanks. I shall take the flaming sword. Um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to share about what Jill Fisher, one of our co-hosts, what she does, she has a technique in hypnotherapy that is so effective, you will see your hopes, your wishes, your goals, actually everything come into full fruition. I've actually worked with Jill, so I know how effective she is. Um, and, and it really is amazing. So you can join Jill at PowerfulHypnotherapy.com for a free consultation to help you reset your mind to the success you've always wanted. And, cool, uh, that. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. It was so <laughs> profound, I stopped speaking in the middle of it. Exactly. So, just like, Tina, has, I know it. you have something. I'm passing the flaming sword back to Tina. Oh, very good. Well, you know, I uh, the question I get asked the most in business is, how did you free up with children and a husband and everything, how did you free yourself up and move with your family to Costa Rica to live the mobile lifestyle that you read about in magazines and newspapers? Well, I sat down with my husband and we figured out exactly some of the steps and principles, the foundational items that we use to create that lifestyle of time and money freedom. And I put it into a class called the five keys to unlock your Oasis based business. 
So I would invite you to consider what would it be like if your business was an oasis for you as well as your clients and customers, a place of refreshment, a place of nourishment, rather than a a grind. We don't want it to be a grind. That's not why we became entrepreneurs. So I would invite you to check out this very free, uh, absolutely no-sell class called The Five Keys to Unlock Your Oasis-Based Business. You can grab your copy at yourbusinessoasis.com. And now we're back. We are. We are. And Pamela (laughs) and Kara. Exactly. So um, I wonder, we're back with our wonderful guests, as you said, Pamela Thompson and Kara Derringer. And now we're going to the leadership couch because, you know, it is late on Friday. Time to kick off those shoes, sit back on the couch, reach for that glass of wine or your favorite beverage. It might be tea. And, um, you know, it's really about we get to relax and, and you get to share things you probably didn't think you were going to share. Um, well, that's what I'm going for anyway. Uh, so we've been talking about balanced leadership and what that's like. But oftentimes, in my experience, I've got to balance from going through really messy periods of, you know, things are not working, stuff's happening all at once. How does all the bad things, all the, you know, all the deadlines happen on one day? Um, and, you know, it's from that experience that you get to the balance. Um, and I love to quote uh, Teresa de Grobois, who she says, succeed sloppily, which is often the case. Um, so what, what I'm looking for, everyone, is real-life examples. You know, what happened? How did you get through it? What did you learn? So you get to spill the beans on yourself. Tina, I'm going to pick on you just because, you know, you've got the flaming sword. You're allowed. Yes, you're allowed <laughs> to pick on me. Yeah, uh, I, I the first thing that came to mind is uh, I was – running a family business, which uh, the Nayada Institute of Massage. Um, And it had become very clear to me that um, I wanted to move beyond the family business and out into my own coaching practice. I'm a therapist by training and an entrepreneur by lifestyle. So, um, And I had picked up a business partner. I had a, a friend turned business partner, and we had thought that we were going to um, to be working together. And I found in the process of working with this person that as a friend, it was great, but as a business partner, he was a disaster. And <laughs> I got to a point where I realized that um, I was going to have to make some decisions. And we even had an investor that I had to have a conversation with because the only way out was up. And so it was. It was a mess. It was absolutely a mess where um, I had negotiations both with this business partner and this um, investor. Fortunately, the the investor saw the same things I did, and he was willing to walk away as well. But I had to sacrifice um, a friendship, and uh, a lot of time and energy and effort and money had gone into the development of that business, and I ended up having to walk away. But... What I learned inside of all of that was what I brought forward into my next venture, and that was ultimately what has you know led me to doing what I'm doing now and um, making an even bigger impact than I thought I was going to originally. So very sloppy, um, <laughs> indeed. Okay, good, good to know. So uh, Pam, the other Pam, um, what is your experience of that messy leadership thing you want to leave under the carpet and not show anyone? Well, I, I have shared it, but the oh, people you did. Okay. Not, not today, 
But um, oh. the big one is, you know, I, I really believe in the the saying, we teach what we need to learn. Mm-hmm. And I almost burned out a couple of years ago, and I've always been known as someone who's extremely high energy. And, you know, I I kind of felt like, whoa, I could take on the world, and so to speak. And uh, it didn't matter whether I worked night and day. I was always healthy. And after spending 13 months in Afghanistan as as an advisor to the Ministry of Public Health, um, which was an incredible experience in many ways, but with very tight deadlines to help them develop their first strategic plan and building the capacity of internal teams to do planning, I came home after that, thought I would take a break, and then ended up working with an NGO that promotes women's and children's rights around the world and ended up working with seven, in seven countries in Asia and Africa on projects to reduce infant and maternal mortality and also was chairing a, a multi-stakeholder working group. Anyway, it was over-the-top crazy in terms of the amount, the expectations, and um, even though I was a contractor. And at the end of that that the year, the end of 2013, December 2013, I had the option to continue with the NGO for six months, two days a week, doing a small bit of what I'd been doing before, and I was this close to signing, and I ended up asking to sleep on the decision and woke up the next day and just felt like a lemon that had just been squeezed dry and realized in that moment, one, that I had to take a break, and two, that there was no way I was going to be able to compartmentalize this work into two days a week. So I ended up um, saying, returning it down, and when they asked why, I said I wanted to create more balance in my life. I had no idea at that time what that would mean or how much time I would take off, but I started 2013 with no commitments, no structure, and really studied mindfulness, got back to yoga, reconnected with friends and family because I'd been traveling so much for the last few years, and really, really listened to my body's wisdom. And out of that, creating the space, came my book and came my my new um, coaching aspect of my business, focusing on driven women. And so that was the gift out of that. And now I, I, I understand what it's like to be a driven woman, and I also realize I'm not invincible. And, and I know I've learned the hard way what driving yourself does. Okay. Yes, because I, I understand that too. It takes time after that to recover physically uh, really? and emotionally. Kara, how about you? What's your messiest mm-hmm. leadership experience? <laughs> well, um, You can change names had... to protect the guilty, just so you know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did have a recent experience that was somewhat messy um, this summer where, uh, you know, I'd taken a good chunk of time away from my uh, regular work and business activities to write, to write chill, to write the book. And I found myself in a position facing some additional expenses around the book and, uh, you know, and some other expenses where I needed to look for, for work. And I ended up taking a position um, you know, in in an area where I had worked 10 years previously. And I had this whole, you know, spoke about stories and emotions earlier, had this whole story around, you know, that I was taking a step backward and that I shouldn't have to do this and some guilt and shame and um, and really caught myself going into this negative spiral. And 
so the the challenge and and the messiness in that was that it it took me a few weeks actually to really shift my context around the reason for taking this work and what it ended up being was a gift that you know what i found was 10 years later i was a completely different person in that role than i had previously been because of my commitment to you know my personal and professional development that it was a it ended up being a huge confidence booster so you know for sure there was some income that came out of it but there was a bigger life lesson around the confidence building and also the context around doing what it takes that I think as leaders, you know, and when we're up to making changes in our own lives, in our communities, in causes around the world, that it really takes digging in and, um, you know, and getting messy, (laughs) (laughs) getting messy in our emotions and, you know, getting messy in in our, in our own stuff and overcoming our own stuff. And, and I I truly believe that the universe rewards us for digging in and and getting it done. Okay, awesome. Um, Anyone else got anything, the burning thing they need to share? Seriously? Okay. (laughs) Just that usually... Justin, you know what? I think in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I do think Mm -hmm. that this group of women on this call right now, uh, Mm -hmm. given the collective skill set and experience, probably could, without a flaming sword, make a significant impact on some governments <laughs> if we were inclined to do so. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Yes. Well, just I took a pause because it's like working with the government. That was actually my first job out of high school. I worked for the New Zealand government in in uh, social welfare, and um, and and I couldn't I couldn't go back to working for the government as they're structured now. Um, it would be yeah too many too many things controlled by too many people who make rules uh definitely not not a good employee as we've found out um so uh okay uh, i also wanted to say what does everyone do one quick thing that everyone does for themselves to for that uh balanced and and mindful part of their life pam i know you said uh, yoga was there anything else yeah, I uh, meditate every morning. Okay. And yeah, Kara, how about you? Um, well, a couple things. I enjoy a good glass of wine, for sure. <laughs> and you know what? Anytime I feel myself being sucked of energy, I really do look at where can I give. And as soon as I give and reach out, the People for People Conference uh, supports Project for Give, our charity of choice, it really fills my cup. Okay. And I'm not going back to the flaming sword owner, uh, just because we're running out of time. I wanted to thank our guests for being part of today's call. Pam Thompson, you're amazing as always. When I hear all the things that you've created in the world, I just want to learn more about you. And for those listening, uh, you can go to creativelivingcommunity.com and find out more about Pam there. And Cara Derringer and her People for People conference. It, you can find information on that at peopleforpeople.ca. And um, uh, you can also go to our website and you can get information there on uh, all the links that we've said so you don't, don't have to madly write them down. Uh, that's the evolvingleadersshow.com. 
and all the show notes about this and um, our guests, you can read a little bit more about them, uh, will be included there. And also a little bit about the hosts, uh, myself, Tina, Jill, and Tamara, so you can see what we're in, doing in the world. And you're going to... Um, I just missed my place, so sorry about that. And uh, sorry, and I thought my outro music would start, but it hasn't. So I'll just keep talking. Tina, anything you would like to uh, to add? Oh yes, and thanking our listeners for checking out what we're up to today. It's always good to have you with us. It's always good to have uh, listeners. That's what we're it here is. for. We are. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, thank you and goodbye, good everybody. Week, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on Evolving Leaders from EDC Radio. And remember, the adventure has just begun. Get all the resources from today's show at theevolvingleadershow.com and join us again next week where Leaders of Vision inspired you to transform your ideas into reality. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.